You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Happy to have you with me on this Monday. Hope you had an awesome weekend. My guest today is Danielle Gunnan. Danielle is a 64-kilo weightlifter. She is currently ranked number two in the United States in her weight class, so she's an awesome lifter. I was excited to get her on the podcast to talk about her mindset, how she got into weightlifting, and what she hopes to accomplish in the future. So without further ado, here is Danielle Gunnan. Danielle, thank you for joining the show today. Happy to be here. Yeah, you're in good company. So the last episode, I actually had Jake Horst on. So we have two national champions in a row on the show. So, so it's uh, pretty cool, cool to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. And teammates. We were both in Peru together. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely, yeah. We'll definitely touch on the international competitions. Yeah. I, I definitely want to get to that. Let's just start with your journey into weightlifting. How did you get into the sport? All right. So, um, started through CrossFit as many of us do. Um, so I went to my now husband, he's my boyfriend. Then I went to watch him at a CrossFit comp and I saw like the other girls there and I was like, I can beat them. So, (laughs) um, I told him, I was like, teach me how to do this stuff. So he taught me how to snatch and clean and jerk and all that fun stuff. I've been ex-gymnast, so I already had that stuff down, and um, started CrossFit formally October 2013, and then I was talked into my first weightlifting meet August 2014. Um, I wasn't planning on it, so um, my husband's always been like a stickler for form, so he had found a local weightlifting club. It's called Team Georgia. It's ran by CJ Stockle. They were, they're not local anymore, but they were more local to where we are. And they, um, they were very inviting to anyone who wanted to come. So I was like, can I come out and you teach me some better technique? And they were like, sure, come on. And I was home from college that weekend. So I went with him and they put me on a bar with Hope Stockel, who is a very decorated youth and junior lifter. Like she's, she'd been doing it for a while. And here I am like barely doing it a year. And they're like, here, share with her, figure it out. It's fine. And um, so I was able to um, figure out how to move. Okay. And kind of hung in there with her. And um, I want to say she was coming off an injury or something. Cause she was powering everything. So by hanging in there with her, that by no means means I like hung with her. Um, but they were doing a competition at two weeks after that. And they were like, look, you should do it. And so they talked my husband into it first. And um, they were like, uh, if you're gonna come watch, you just may as well do it. I was like, I don't want to do this, but fine. So um, it's August, 2014. I was talked into my first weightlifting competition. Um, I was wearing, I'm pretty sure, Hope's old shoes. I was, like, borrowing her lifters because Team Georgia has this tradition of, like, keeping a bag of old shoes and, like, people who just want to try it, like, you get to wear those shoes and stuff. Like, there's something for you to at least try. And 
I practiced in them all week, like with my CrossFit, feeling like I was walking around in high heels and I was like, this is not okay. Um, so <laughs> I did that and I snatched 64 and I clean and jerk 75 as a 58 and qualified back then the totals were a little lower. Um, I qualified for the American Open Finals um, and University Nationals, my first competition ever. Um, mind you, I was missing the barbell in the back somehow. I, I don't know how I did what I did, but <laughs> um, I did it on the platform, so that was fine. Um, after I got a little taste, I was like, that's cool, but like, I don't know what the American Open Finals were, and I was still in college, and AO Finals always falls during finals week. And I was like, no, like school's first. I don't care about this weightlifting thing. I'm not doing that. Um, and then it only took a couple months. I want to say it was April. Um, I competed again that spring and I got really close to qualifying for nationals. And I was like, well, maybe there's something to this. And at the time I was still doing, I was coaching CrossFit, coaching gymnastics, going to school full time. And, um, somehow training weightlifting on top of that. I don't know how I did. I mushed a bunch together. College energy, I don't have it now. <laughs> so I signed up for like a last minute qualifier at the end of May. So at this point I've graduated college, so don't have to do school anymore. And I had a month worth of just focusing on weightlifting. Uh, and I went and I snatched 72 and I did my first ever 91 clean and jerk. Um, so it's 200 pounds for those who don't speak kilos. Uh, so it's a big deal. Um, I was super pumped and that was exactly what I needed to qualify for like bottom of the C session, bare minimum first nationals. Um, so my first nationals was uh, August, 2015. Um, and it was in Dallas, and that was a huge meet. Like, it was, I guess, I'm sure you've heard the roller rink stories. Yeah, Jake actually told that last week. Yeah, so I wasn't a part of weightlifting when that was a thing. I had heard about it, and I guess this was, this was following that. And we had this beautiful ballroom. I mean, it was massive. And, I mean, I'm just thinking this is normal because I had never been to one. I had no clue who anyone was, um, which was kind of great. So my husband is like fanboying, like, oh my gosh, there's, oh, that's CJ Cummings. That's, oh, that's Holly. And he's like going crazy. And I'm just like walking through like, okay, that's cool. Who's that person? <laughs> but it was nice to be that naive because you didn't get starstruck. Um, you were just there. And I, I like it that way. Um, so I competed and as a 58 at like 11 o'clock at night because the session before me um I think it was CJ Cummings session and he was setting a bunch of records people were it was a really intense competition everyone was on it um I know Jared Fleming was going for records like it was a huge really amazing first experience um so it was super easy for me to buy in after going to that and I was like look this is awesome um so I ended up um snatching 71 and 80 and then clean and drinking 87 so my best but enough um 
And I stayed and I watched the A session 58s the next day, which had um, Lucero and Kristen Pope was a 58 then. And there's so many, I remember, I cannot remember this girl's name, but I remember her smile. I remember watching her lift and I was like, how does she smile when she looks like, I want to do that. All my pictures, I look like I smelt something gross. <laughs> so um, I can't, she doesn't lift anymore. She's, I just remember watching her and thinking like, dang, she's awesome. Um, so after watching that, I made the A session my goal. Like I was like, all right, like I've got to make it there because that's where the best of the best are and that's what I want to be um so I've set that as my goal knowing so this was in August and the next nationals was the Olympic trials it was like the combo meet and so that was in May so you didn't even have a full year in between my first nationals I had like nine months I think um to try to get to that a session and um what I started so that August that I went to my first nationals, I started my master's degree and I moved out to Alabama. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever been around an actual weightlifting team. So while I was doing weightlifting, I was in South Georgia before and there's like no weightlifting. There are like one or two now. There was none then. There was not even anyone that really had a USAW cert. Um, now it's, it's growing, but um, I moved out to Auburn and when I was trying to find a place to train for nationals I was just looking at local CrossFit gyms because that's what I knew and I walked into one and it had East Alabama weightlifting with a big banner in the back and I was like sweet this is where I need to go then um and then they took me under their wing and it just made sense like if I'm training with them I should just join their team so after nationals I joined their team got on my first like actual programming I'd never done a squat program I'd never done anything like formal <laughs> um it was all just maybe a little bit of catalyst like free programming thrown in here whatever I liked to do which was power cleans I did not like to squat clean <laughs> <laughs> very much so your typical and I love snatch so I worked that a lot <laughs> so First formal programming, um, I go into my next nationals and I snatch 80 and I clean and jerk 96 again as a 58. So that's a huge um, jump. That's, that's yes. a huge jump from your last nationals. Yeah. Yes. So I went from a 71 kilo snatch to 80 and then 87 clean and jerk to 96. Um, and mind you, I wasn't having to cut weight. I, my first nationals, I didn't even know what that was. I had no idea. I was like, what's a check scale. And then they told me I had to like strip down for weigh-ins and I was like, I'm sorry, what? I had no idea. I had no idea about any of this. I'm going in blind. And luckily I made weight because I was like weighing around 56, 57, I think somewhere in there. So like I was going to make weight no matter what, but I had no clue. Um, absolutely no clue. <laughs> um, so I go into the next nationals with a little bit more knowledge too, not just stronger, but I have like a coach that I'm training with and it's a lot better. Um, then, um, oh, this is fun. So I love, I started doing snatch balances. I'd never done them. Um, as of 58 <laughs> back in 2016, I snatched balance 103. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I was snatching 80, but I was snatch balancing 103. <laughs> and I was like, 
uh, I really like this. Can we just do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So snatch balance day that, instead of snatches. I, yes. Yeah. I, can I do that instead of squatting? Like, I just don't want to squat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've always like, cause you'll see like, as I keep talking, snatch is kind of my thing. It always has been. I've just, I'm not just naturally inclined to, it's just, I'm good at it. And so, you know, do, do what you're good at and then like clean and jerk what you have to. Um, cause my, you'll see that my clean and jerks do not quite match my snatches. <laughs> um, they're always very, very close, but you know, if you can get the lead on snatch, take it. Um, uh, so I ended up actually finishing that nationals in the top 10. So I've had nine months of formal training, finishing the top 10. Um, and then September and September, 2016. So at this point I've been formally weightlifting for about a year. Um, I snatched 90 on a weight cut as a 58. Um, sorry, my dog is banging on the door. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> They're not happy I'm in here without them. <laughs> um, sorry, dog mom probs. So um, I snatched 90 on a weight cut. And at the time, um, 50, because at, at this point, I'd been doing actual squat cycles and everything else. So I was sitting closer to like 59 to 61. Um, so I snatched 90 and the record at the time was 93. Uh, that was Lucero's. And so when I hit that 90, I mean, it flew. It was ugly, but it flew. And I was like, oh, you can see it's like the nervous kind of ugly, like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. Um, that was leading into um, my first university nationals. So this was my first time ever having to cut weight, right? Um, and it was really bad. I, my scale was inaccurate and I didn't know. And mind you, I'm still in college. So I'm like college kid budget. I'm on a GA salary. Um, so not having a lot of money and trying to figure out how to cut weight and can't afford a calibrated scale because you don't know what that even is. Um, I ended up almost cutting down to, I think I was like 55 or 56 kilos. If you see pictures, it's not okay. And I didn't know, I didn't know, I had all male teammates, like, so no one really said anything because they're guys and they're like, well, you can't say anything. My husband, now husband, we were long distance. So he wasn't seeing me often. So he had no idea. And looking at pictures from the metal stand, like it's never again. Um, I had to figure out how to actually cut weight. So even with a bad weight cut, I ended up snatching 84 and clean and jerking 96. So still an improvement on the snatch, but same in clean and jerk. <laughs> um, so I think I got pinned that meat by like 98 or something like that. Um, again, I lost my legs because of the weight cut and I still took second though. Um, and there's a, there's a really funny story here. So for that performance, um, I get this email saying that you're an alternate for the university team. I was like, oh, I don't even know what this is, but this is really cool. And I'm like calling my coach and he's like, I think this is a mistake. I'm like, no, no, your total's not good enough. And I was like, what? And so he's like, you need to message Phil. So I messaged Phil and I was like, um, so my coach said that he thinks something is wrong. Well, they, they wrote my total down wrong, I guess. Like they had like, there was a smudge in the number. And so they thought I was an alternate and I wasn't. So Phil messages me back and he's like, yeah, I thought that total was a little high for you. And I was like, 
Phil. Okay, cool, bro. <laughs> like, I just, like, now I just want to beat everyone just because you said that. You said I couldn't. Um, and then I made the next university team, not as an alternate. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was, I was like, I was so mad. So <laughs> I was like, I get the British sense of humor. I know it's like super like dry and harsh. And I was like, cat, like, I know not to take this personal, but like, that's the motivation for me right there. <laughs> yeah, that's cool though. That it's, yeah. it's been quite the journey and it's, it's, uh, it's really cool to hear that when you got into it, you kind of were just going, you were just like, yeah. oh, I'll do nationals. I'll do the next thing. And then, and then they're like, oh, you're one of the best. <laughs> like, you're really good at this. Maybe you should start taking it seriously. Was there, was like, what was the point where you were like, okay, I need to take this seriously. Was it when you got the coach and started going to the club? Do you think that's when it turned or no? Nope. It, that didn't happen until 2019. <laughs> so you accomplished all these all. things without, yeah. It was all on accident. I, I know that sounds silly, but I, to this date, have not made a team on purpose. Um, not, it's not been, we go in, we hit this total, we make this team. Um, it's all just happened by sheer coincidence. And there was like a, a specific turning point is nationals 2019. Um, after we can talk about this later, the, after my horrible 2018 wanted to quit weightlifting, just thought like, I have nothing to offer. Is it worth my time? Like this, you know, what is it worth? Um, so 2019, May 2019, I was stuck on the platform for my first lift. And I had this overwhelming, I had my best training cycle leading up to this ever, honestly. Like it was just one that I've never felt so confident. I've never felt so driven. Like I just like, you know, this is good, but I hadn't competed um, since I'd bombed. So on a national stage. So I was like, well, all right, I'm going to go out here and just see, you know, we'll see what happens. So we go out. And I opened with one of my biggest openers ever. Um, it was 91 kilos. I had only made it once ever in competition before that. Um, I stepped up. And when I put my foot on that platform, I had a smirk come across my face. Not on purpose. Like, I just felt the overwhelming feel just joy. Like, pure happiness that knowing, I'm going to try not to get emotional, that you belong here. Like, in this moment, sorry. <laughs> I've never felt anything like that in my life. Um, sorry, cord to my husband. <laughs> I do love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was just, just a moment of clarity of like, this is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never been more sure of anything. Um, and then I had a freaking amazing performance. And that just solidified that. And that performance opened up more opportunities later in the year and just, it gave me something to work for. It gave me a glimpse into what I could be. Um, I've always known the potentials. I've always been very powerful. It's just been like kind of unharnessed and tamed. And now we've figured out how to make it work. Um, but yeah, I would say 2019 is when it, it finally hit. I think I was just having fun and like kind of just, I don't know, a wild horse on the loose. I was like, well, if I do it, I do it cool. I don't really care. <laughs> That's interesting. And especially like we talk about just weightlifting in general in America isn't, it's not a popular sport. It's not a football or basketball. Yeah. So like kids aren't growing up thinking like, oh, I want to go to nationals or I want to go to yeah. American open no. finals. I never but, even touched a barbell until I was 21. Like, 
But you had that gymnastics background. Do you think that definitely helped as soon as you kind of started, started picking up weight? I think it helped with the power side of things. So my numbers, my explosive movement numbers are high. But if you look at like gritty strength, so like looking at my squats, my squats are extremely low compared to my, my clean and jerk and my snatch. I'm just really good at being explosive and powerful. Um, I'm not necessarily that athlete that like, if your squat goes up, your clean and jerk goes up. It's like, I don't know. I've, I have the power. And I think that all comes from gymnastics. Like I wasn't amazing at CrossFit because I didn't have that motor. I couldn't just keep going. Um, but I always thrived in those like one RM, anything that was powerful and explosive. Um, so I think that carried over, um, for the most part, it's just that power, that explosiveness. Cause I'm, I'm good at, I can pop it up real high and then I just jam myself underneath it. <laughs> See, I have the, and the flexibility that's that, that helped too. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you about that, the mobility, cause I need you to transfer some of that over to me. <laughs> it's I all can... in the hips. Cause my ankles don't move. If you watch my shins stay pretty vertical just from injury after injury. Um, and yes, I've rehabbed them. Cause I know people will say, well, you need to do rehab. I've tried. It doesn't work on my ankles because of, all the injuries they've had from gymnastics. <laughs> so what do you do for mobility? Do you, or did you just have that? Um, so I had it and I had almost too much of it. So there's like that fine line of, yeah, you want to be mobile, but you need to be tight when you catch things. And I'm still getting the hang of that on my cleans. I think we're starting to figure that out. Um, Cause I, I'm, I'll get under a bar. It's not a problem it's catching it in the right spot, especially on a clean, like my hips will tuck underneath me because I'm a little, I'm a little loose and I'm too flexible. My body doesn't stop me. I have to tell it to stop. Um, but I do do a lot of like mobility for my back and my hips. Um, I was diagnosed with scoliosis like in 2018, I think 2017. Um, I think it's the end of 2017. And you could, when they did the x-ray, you could see my psoas on the x-ray. It was so tight and tense. Um, you should not see muscle on x-ray, by the way. So, <laughs> um, so I do focus on those because they will tense up, but I had never really had to work on it outside of that. It's just, I have to keep my back from spasming. So I have to focus on that stuff. That's good. So yeah. So what do you think, like what shifted when, when you got on the stage at nationals, you win nationals, is there, you know, something you can pinpoint, like your training started to just get better or you started to get more focused? Like what, what do you think shifted in you after that competition? I found the right coach athlete relationship. That is the key to getting that, that next level. Um, and for me, that is my husband, Cord Gunning. Um, if you had asked me like two years ago, <laughs> hey, will Cord ever coach you? I would tell you, heck no, never. Uh-uh. I know I'm feisty. He married me and I want to keep it that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I know I can be intense because I'm a competitor. Like when I want to, when I'm there to compete, I'm there to compete and I'm very driven. Um, and the same in life. And he knows that. And so it made sense. Like he knows how my brain works. He knows what gives me confidence. He, 
he's watched me. He literally taught me how to snatch and clean and jerk before he was even a USAW coach. Like, and it wasn't pretty. It was kind of ugly. Um, but my first time ever snatching, fun fact, I snatched 100 pounds just because. Um, <laughs> so, like, he he was there for everything. And so it just made sense. Like, well, why not? Like, and at this point we had started our, our club Atlas weightlifting. We started it in January, 2019. So we, um, we bought our first house, we opened up our club and I'm training out of our garage at that point. Um, that's where our club was based, you know, as most start. Um, and so he was just there. It's like, well, you know, I've done remote coaching. I almost quit and I lost my love for the sport during that. And I couldn't pinpoint why. Um, and I think there's days where I just, I really need a coach there. I need, that's what gives me that extra confidence to go that extra kilo or three or five. Cause I like five kilo jumps are fun. Um, <laughs> and he gave me that extra confidence. He knew like, if he told me, Hey, look, that looks really good. Don't focus on how you feel, you know, just do it, but with more effort. I'm like, oh, all right. And when he was saying that stuff before, as my husband, not as my coach, I just wouldn't take him serious. And as soon as I let go a little bit and was like, okay, this works. And I know it does. And I know he, he knows me in and out and he knows what my goals are. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't he coach me? Um, so when we, found that relationship my numbers and competitions started shooting up they despite 2020 because we haven't had competitions but um <laughs> numbers and training and then local competitions have shot up and he's learning along the way so one thing um that he needed was i had competed internationally already and i had a really really bad experience and we went last, uh, what was it? November. We went to Peru for the Grand Prix. We got called in like second string. I'm kind of phasing off your question. Sorry. No, it's um, all good. Okay. I'm, I'm going into the international comp thing. Good. So, I love this. Um, this is his first, it, it was in Lima, Peru, and it was his first ever international comp. So he's used to the national scene. He's used to the local scene. He's a good coach in the back room, he's fine. And then we get to international and it's, it's different. And so he was supposed to learn, um, with Max Ada and Alyssa Ritchie. She was going the day before me. And so Max was going to take him in the back room and mentor him. Well, that was the competition that Alyssa kind of had her turning point with her Hashimoto's and all that. And Max ended up pulling her to make sure she was healthy for, um, the AO finals. Um, so Cor did not get to go in the back room and he was just thrown to the fire <laughs> as was I. So the only reason we were even at that competition, um, Maddie Sasser, who is the number one 64, I'm number two. Um, so she had pulled out, um, to go get surgery on her quad tendons after worlds and I think it was her quad. She had something going on their knees. She had surgery. Um, so I am second stream and I get a phone call and they're like, Hey, I had like two days to tell them if I was going to go or not. And they're like, 
All right, you're paid for, for by the federation, like the hosting federation, but um, you're gonna have to pay X, Y, and Z for your coach to come. And I had already traveled internationally without a coach and I wasn't doing it again. I, I've made those mistakes, I learned from them and I was not going to, even if it's a last minute opportunity, I'm not doing it again, but I needed to take advantage of this opportunity. So um, I call Cord and I'm like, all right, look, we've got to figure out we're in the middle. We had just committed to opening a gym. We had just bought a, or signed a lease on a building and we're going to leave for Peru. So we do, we say, okay, look, we're going to go. Um, and we raise the money and we put the gym on hold for about a week or two so we can go to Lima. Um, Cause it's an invaluable experience for both of us, for him as a coach, for me as an athlete. Um, and we went into it with no expectations. So I actually hadn't really been competitively training going into this and I get a phone call. I'm second string getting called in. So it's like, there was a feeling of like imposter syndrome of, well, why I'm just here. Like I didn't actually earn this. Like I said, every team I've made, it's never been intentional. It's just happened. And this is the one that was kind of the turning point for that of you belong here like that. Your hard work got you here. There is a reason. Um, there's a reason why these opportunities keep accidentally or purposefully happening. Um, so we were in the uh, training hall and I walk in and I've seen Max Ada and all them like at competitions and stuff like that, but never intimately. So Max is sitting there, Joanne is sitting there, and Jenny Arthur, Jason Bonnick, and then Laura Donna is behind me, <laughs> then like one of the best 64s. And um, there was some Colombian Olympian, like male athlete, so I don't know his name, I'm not super, I'm not a fangirl of weightlifting, so I don't know everyone's names, but an Olympian was to my right. Um, and then there's me. <laughs> and I was like, I think it was like a 65 kilo power clean and I missed it. <laughs> and I was like looking, I was like just sweating and I was so nervous. And I was like, Cord, I don't belong here. Like, why, why am I here? And he's like, you earned this. Like you belong here just as much as anyone else. And I'm like, I don't feel like that though. I feel like it was just a, Hey, can you do this? Okay. Yeah, sure. Right. All right. And it, it was spur of the moment. And so we didn't train for it. We didn't do anything. And it was like, here I am next to an Olympian and multiple Olympians and little me who hasn't even made a world team yet or done anything. Um, so I was a little intimidated. And after that training hall incident, Max looked at me and was like, oh, do that again, but better, less shitty, right? <laughs> However he says it, but he, he said his little quote to me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know you're right. But like, I'm way too freaking nervous right now. I probably couldn't even like tie my shoe without falling over. Like that's how nervous I was. Um, and it's just the training hall. like. And um, so I go back to my hotel room. Fun fact, even though my coach is my husband, we cannot share um, rooms. Um, only same sex can share rooms if you're representing USA. Um, so I go back to my room and I'm like just sitting there like trying to read inspirational quotes, trying to just get myself out of this slump and tell myself like, you're supposed to be here. Like there's a reason whether it's not 
you're not the best, not yet, not anytime soon, but like you, you're meant to be here for a reason. So Cord pep talked me a little bit. I pepped myself. We go, we compete the next day. Um, and we're in the back room. And I remember I've watched all these girls on TV and um, Mercedes, I think she's from Columbia or Dominica. I can't remember. Um, she screams a lot and I love her. And I think she's so fun. And I'm next to her on the, in the warm-up room. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> I've watched her on TV for like the last three years and she's beside me. And then we line up and she like steps on my foot because she's behind me. And I'm like, hi, hi. <laughs> and she's like not speaking English. She's like, oh, so sorry. Like, it's like, it's okay. Um, and then um, I think it was Maude was back there from Canada and she needed tape or something. And it was just in that moment, it felt like we're all just weightlifters. She like came up to the USA Federation was like asking us like, do y'all have tape? I forgot it. Like, uh, and I need some. And so we like found her some tape that she wanted and helped her out. And I felt the sense of community then. And I was like, okay. So it eased my nerves a little bit. And we go out for call outs. And um, I kind of skipped over this, the weight class part. So when I was at 58 and I competed internationally, I was like a head taller than everyone. And I was told by multiple people I needed to go up, but I just had, I struggled to gain. So I was like, well, no, I can make weight easy. Like, what now? Well, I go out there for the 64s and like, I'm still just a hair taller than some of them, but it's more even. I'm like, all right, cool. This is better this time. Like I'm finding all the positives. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not a head taller and this is good, right? So we go through warmups. Warmups are fine, but I was, I was jittery. And I was coming off an injury and opening a gym. So not in shape in the least, but we were opening, I think we opened 91 because 90 is just after I got over that hump of not snatching it for like three years. Um, it was just that number I was comfortable with. Um, so we went out and I missed it on my first attempt. I popped it out front and I ended up actually scraping my knees. I have scars from Lima, Peru. <laughs> and then, um, I go again and again, I'm powerful. I'm getting under it. It's just flying and it's not in the right position because I'm nervous. I was trying to make it happen instead of just moving. And all I could think of was I don't want to bomb out again. I don't want all of my international com competitions to look like this, to just, oh, well, she goes and she, you know, um, can I cuss? Yeah, yeah, you can okay, say whatever so you want. Shits the bed. I couldn't think of a better word. <laughs> like, so she goes, she competes, and she shits the bed every time she goes international. But there was a lot of factors that went into this in terms of preparedness because I barely had a month to get ready for this to know that I was even going, and so I didn't want that to be my story. So I went out there and I murdered my third attempt, and I stood <laughs> up. I was like, yes, like finally, why didn't you do that the first time? You're so silly. Um, my clean and jerks, we knew I was not in shape, right? So I come off my snatches and the jitters are out because I have one lift, right? And uh, Piros was in the back with us and he's like, you're a warrior. And like, he's giving me all these things. Like you came back and most people can't do that. And you made that third attempt and 
Like, I just remember him keep saying you're a warrior. And I was like, yes, like that is what I am. I'm here to fight. So um, we opened up really low for me on clean and jerk. I think we opened with like maybe, maybe 105, 108. I can't remember. Um, all I made was 108 that day. Um, leading up to that competition, I don't know that I had really, I'd kind of inconsistently hit 110. Um, like I said, I was coming off an injury. Um, so um, there was one, that was where Cord got to learn in the back kind of, we know roughly nationally what people are going to do, right? You know roughly what people are capable of. But internationally, especially with a competition like the Grand Prix, people aren't in shape and they're not peaking for that. Um, especially like your heavy hitters. So we had no idea what to expect and what numbers to call to buy time or to make sure we got called up sooner. So he got to learn some of that then. Um, and on the, on the clean and jerk, especially in terms of timing. And um, so Piros guided him through that a little bit because we could have made one better coaching call. I don't know that it would have made a difference, honestly, but um Cord had a learning moment there of like, okay, this is how we need to do this at international meets now. Um, but we totaled and that's, that's what mattered. And so after that, we came back and I was like, you know, like I'm making these teams for a reason and I need to acknowledge that and not just keep discrediting myself. Like I have two team USA singlets for a reason but like, I wouldn't wear them. Like I hated my first team USA singlet. I swore it was bad luck and I won't, I, it's retired. Um, I got hurt in it. I bombed in it every time. Like it had the worst luck. And so now like randomly court will make me put on my new team USA singlet. <laughs> and he's like, you have to wear it just to get over that. Like that imposter syndrome, like it, it gets in my head just putting on a singlet. Um, which is so strange because you should be honored to have that, but it's the fact that all of this was accidental, but it's got to be for a reason, right? So. Yeah. That's crazy that like you're at this level. And I think a lot of people will listen to this and see you and see how strong you are and be like, Oh, she is always crushing these big weights. She's always, you know, competing really well. And it's like in your head, you're not thinking that you belong there. No. Well, nationally, yes. I do have a lot of confidence nationally. It's international. So, like, because I got started late, that's where I feel like I have a little bit of a disadvantage. Because you have lifters that most of them, or not most, sorry, a lot of lifters start in their youth internationally. So, these people, like, especially overseas, like in Europe and Asia, like, they've been doing this their whole life. So, this is just another competition to them. Where for me, it's my first or second one. And I don't know, like my first ever competition internationally was when, um, I'm going to mispronounce it. Quo. K U O. Yep. Um, she went for a freaking world record and I was there with the Bron like Thailand who had won, I think she had won gold in the Olympics. There was like three or four Olympians there. And that's what I'm getting thrown into where I've never even done a, a youth international comp, you know, like, I think bringing these like bronze level and silver level events are awesome because it gives those of us who weren't youth and junior weightlifters that experience to see, okay, this is how international competitions work. And then that's how, then when you make a world team or you make it the Pan Am team, you're ready. 
And I'm glad I got these jitters out now because obviously now our goals, like we're going for the big ones, the ones that count. Like we want worlds and Pan Ams and we're doing our damnedest to do it. But I needed those to, to learn and to get it out of my system of, okay, you do belong here. It is a little different. And like, I, like, I love national competitions. Like I, I like them more than local too, which is weird. Um, like I'm almost less nervous. I feel at home there. And so my goal has been to get that feeling internationally that you're home, you're comfortable. It's just you in the bar at the end of the day. And like I said, I like to compete. So now I'm hitting numbers where even internationally I can compete. And so it'll be fun because now it's not just going to be, oh, well, Danielle's going to go follow herself real quick and then everyone else is going to go. It'll be a real, it, I'll be able to, not neck and neck by any means, I'm not going to be winning medals yet, but um, I'm getting close to being able to just compete. And that is, that, that makes me feel like I belong there even more. You know, I watched the Olympics um, back in 2016. And I watched the 58 session because that was my weight class. And if you were in a session, you were snatching a hundred. And I was like, all right, only Olympians snatch a hundred. Well, I snatched a hundred this year. And obviously now the number has gone up. A lot of us are doing a lot more than that. And I am not a 58 anymore. I'm now a 64. So that to me was kind of a milestone of, okay, like you can do something with this. Like you sat there four years ago and watched all those girls do what you're doing now. And I've only been doing this five years, like, and they've been doing it their whole life. Like, let's, let's go. Like you're meant to do this. Um, but yeah, that, that realization again came this year. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. I'm glad I'm talking to you during this time because I'm kind of at the level underneath you where yeah. I'll, I'm going to feel that way when I go to nationals this year. So yeah. there, I'll be right around that, you know, I might follow myself or I might, yeah. around and somebody has a total that's 50 kilos above mine, yes. but it's, it's not really about the competition. It's really no. about it's there what, to learn. Yeah. And what you're capable yeah. of. And, and yeah. Jake talked about that last week that just like, you're not really competing against anybody else. When you were in Peru, you're competing against yourself. That's it. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't really matter. And yet people keep score. You want to have the highest total. That's, that's the point of the competition. Yeah. But when you're when you're not training as long as people, it's just not going to happen as fast. So you yeah. kind of have to go through that learning period, but it's cool that, that I got you now. Like I'll love to talk to you in like two or three years when you are doing yeah. the, the medals at the international competition. Hopefully big things. Yeah. Hopefully. So what's the dynamic like between you and your husband? Is there a point where he's like, okay, I'm your coach now and I'm your husband now. Do you guys go back and forth with that? Um, so when we're training and we're in the gym, like he is my coach. Um, I'm not treated any different than any of our other athletes. Um, despite my level, cause we do have beginner level athletes. We have athletes who are only doing local competitions or not doing nationals. And we do have, we kind of have a array. So, um, we have athletes, other athletes that are not me going for international teams as well we don't get any special treatment. You're just another athlete in the gym. And if anything, I want less attention, if that makes sense. 
especially when I'm training. Um, so I'm one of the oddballs that I kind of love training by myself. Um, I do like people and I do like the energy that team practice brings. Um, but when I'm getting towards those higher numbers, I have to hit a different level of focus. And he knows that. So I have like a little, my platform is kind of like in the back corner. It's my favorite platform. And I like it because it, I can kind of almost seclude myself. But um, he oftentimes lifts at the same time with me. So we're, cause he, we own a business. I work full time and he works full time at our gym. So there's only, and he's our only employee. No one else helps. <laughs> so when we train, it's a very set, like this is when we can train and this is it. And so a lot of times, like I try to be low maintenance because I know he's, he's trying to achieve his goals too. And so there are times where it's like, okay, can I go up? And he will coach me on that. I'm to the point now where I don't need a lot of form and technique cues. So there's like a few set things that I know we need to work on and he knows we need to work on and they'll start coming out as we get a little bit heavier. And so we'll make sure to pay attention then. But when I'm warming up and I'm, it's not like he's on me or loading my bar or anything like that. It's almost like we're training partners and then he gives me cues. And well, he does all my programming. <laughs> um, and there is like Sunday nights, we sit down together and he plans out my week because we have to, we have to manage my training around my job right now. Um, so I'm an athletic trainer. I do medical coverage for a hospital, but I'm stationed at a high school. Um, so right now in Georgia, everything is full gut. So we have softball just ended last night. Praise Jesus. I love them, but whew, one last thing on my plate. We have softball, football, um, flag football is a sport down here now. It's the first year, um, girls only. And then you add in JV football, cross country. And now next week, basketball starts. And the only one out of the five I listed before that's going anywhere is softball's done now. <laughs> so I still have five sports going full go and then I think wrestling starts soon so the fall is just hectic um so on Sunday what we'll do is we sit down we look at my workload and when I'm gonna have to stay late and when and when it's gonna be an ideal day for me to go heavy so like right now Sundays or not Sundays sorry Saturdays normally that's that's when I compete so we try to keep Saturdays as a heavy day I can't do that uh, I work Typically we have a JV football game. And so I won't get off work until like nine o'clock at night that night. And I live about 45, 30 to 45 minutes from my job. And then, so not getting home till late. And then you have Friday night. It's a 12 hour day easy with um, Georgia football. <laughs> so I don't get home. I'm lucky if I get home before midnight. So trying to go heavy on Saturday, it just, it doesn't happen. I'm going to hurt myself. Um, so on Sunday, we'll look at all of that and see when the perfect time is for me to go heavy. We keep my, all my movements are the same of whatever it is during that cycle. And then he'll ask me, all right, where do we need to kind of puzzle pieces around? Where I haven't ever had that with a coach before where it was, okay, let's do this, this, and this. Like we're communicating so much that 
things, things are always going to shift when you're in there training. You're going to have like last week, I just, I'd gotten run down and we were towards the end of this volume cycle and my body hates volume. If I could just go heavy all the time, I'd be happy. Um, but that doesn't work. Right. So <laughs> yeah, I wish it did. Gonna, that's how you get hurt. So you have to have this volume phases here and there. So we were finishing up our last volume cycle before we go into our comp phase for nationals. And I was in the gym by myself. And like I said, normally I like it. And on this particular day, I was like, I need someone here to yell at me. Like, Oh my God, I'm calling him. I'm like, can you please get up here? I know you were going to sit at the house and run errands, but I need you. I'm being high maintenance, please. <laughs> so it's the wife asking like, I need you, but it's the athlete like, I might have a mental breakdown. <laughs> so he comes in and I told him, I was like, look, I'm supposed to be doing jerk doubles out of my clean. And every time I was re-racking, it was falling off my shoulder. I just couldn't get it. And he, like, I got one warm upset and that was it. And everything else just falling off my shoulders. It just was not clicking that day. And so I was like, look, can I go ahead? I wasn't that far into my workouts. Can I go ahead and just do my cleans for this other day? Cause my cleans feel good. Jerks fell off. Can we flip flop? And he's like, yeah, I like that. We did that and everything was fine the rest of the week. Um, where I think if, I think, so some people, like, I feel like would think that he would be more lenient with me because I am his wife. I don't, I don't feel that way. Um, I feel like we just communicate really well because he understands weightlifting is not just in the gym. There's so many outside factors that go into it. And he knows like, I come home to him. He knows all the stress I dealt with at work, or I had to carry a 10 gallon cooler and like bear hug three different ones to load them up. And I had to do all this stuff and I'm feeling it like, and that's where I think we've been able to, even with this amount of workload, continue progressing. Like my squats feel amazing. I hate squats. And he listens to me so like and takes it into consideration how my body feels which i think a lot of coaches have to learn that it's not making an athlete tougher pushing through pain all the time i think there there's a happy medium um and he's really good at balancing that um i'm proof of that so we actually went through a cycle where i did no squats recently um and i loved it but then he brought them back <laughs> with pauses he was so mean uh, <laughs> and he put them at the beginning of the day because he knows I'm horrible at squats so like there was a time in my career where I would like clean more than I would squat that day and we had kind of reached that point again where I was like I would rather clean 104 four times than have to squat it four times and he's like this makes no sense and I'm like I don't know but this is just how it feels and it was moving slow like my cleans were speedy and then my squats were like me. So, um, he's good at like reading. That was the cycle where he was like, okay, your squats are like, they're detrimental right now rather than helping. Let's just, we'll take those out. And we did just unilateral work for about six weeks and then added back in squats and stuff. And then it was fine. And my cleans were fine. Like I competed um, at the end of that cycle and I cleaned 116 for the first time in months. I cleaned a jerk to 116. It was my in-competition PR. And then um, 
I took a crack at 120, which I hadn't gotten under since like April or May. Um, so, I mean, he knows how my mind and body works and he knows I'm going to bring it in competition. So, um, I'm the kind of athlete that I'm going to over pull something rather than not go for it. So, especially in a competition. So there was a, this is a, a nationals. This is the first competition that he coached me at. And, um, I, my first attempt was 91 on snatch and I made it. And then 93, I, I was dealing with a partially torn rotator cuff and I didn't catch the snatch in just the right spot. And I was under it and I, I did a little like wibble wobble. Can I get up? And then I lost my balance and I lost it because I couldn't, my shoulders couldn't move because it just hurt. Um, I came off and I looked at him and at this point my best was 95. And I was like, give me 94. Like, go, we need to go up. I can't stay there because I'm going to, I'm going to throw it behind me. And so he understands that I'm the kind of athlete that I'm not going to ask for something if I'm not going to do it. Um, another incident of that, like, he feeds off of my energy. Like he blows up my head a little bit when I need it, but it's like, there's a mutual of, I'm not the lifter that I don't lift with my ego. So he doesn't have to worry about that. So it's, it's an easy relationship in terms of like, if I'm asking for a weight, it's because I want to commit to it. It's not because my ego wants to do it. Um, so at the most recent local meet, um, my warmups were kind of terrible. Um, they looked good up to like 93. And then um, I was the last one lifting because it's a local meet. There's not really anyone there. Um, but we had peaked for what we thought we were going to be competing on an international online comp. And then they changed the weight class like two weeks before. So I had already started my peak. And they were like, oh, sorry, you're not doing this competition anymore. So we were like, oh, okay that's fine. We already started this peak and we're like getting in shape. And, uh, so we signed up last minute for this local comp and people weren't like the most courteous in terms of like walking in front of you or like people standing right beside me as I'm trying to snatch 95 kilos and I don't want to hit them. <laughs> and I don't ever want to be that lifter. That's like, Hey, move. like, I don't want to be high maintenance. I don't want to be the person that like, belittles anyone or makes anyone feel uncomfortable or that I, I'm better than it. Like, I just want to be a lifter, right? That's, I'm just a person. Um, so I try not to be high maintenance. So I didn't say anything and, um, <laughs> I missed most of my warmups and I go out and I missed my opener and my opener was 96. Um, and then like, I, I literally just deadlifted it because the platform we were on competing on has like two loose, um, planks on it. And so my feet sunk down as I went for it. And I knew that those planks moved. I don't know why I took the bar there. I moved it to the back of the platform where I knew it was sturdy. And, um, I came out there again, I'm following myself. So I go 96 again, I got under it, but I'd punched it out front a little bit, trying to make it happen. We didn't come to that competition for 96 kilos. That would have been a one kilo PR on my snatch cool, but that was not, we were peaking. I just hit a hundred again recently. And I was like, I'm here for a hundred and I'm making it official. I came off. I looked at him. I was like, 
well, if we're going to fucking bomb, we better bomb with a hundred. And he was like, let's go. And like, that's just, that's just my attitude when I'm lifting. Like, I'm like, I'm here for a number. And if I put my head to it, I'm going to do it. I didn't want 96, you know, like I, I wanted to make lifts. Obviously no one wants to miss, but I was thinking of 100 the whole time. That, that's what I'm there for. That's what I want that or more. Like, let's go. And I feel good. Um, and fortunately I wasted my first two attempts, so I didn't get to try anything else. So I did a hundred. I nailed it. I stood it up and I slammed that thing down and I was like, all right, well, that's what we came here for. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you do anything specifically like for mental training? Do you read any books or, or like yes. anything like that? So after my horrible year of 2018 of all bomb outs, uh, <laughs> I, I had had mental blocks previously and I think some of it was programming. So it did start to get better. I switched coaches um, when I moved back home because again, I like to stay more local. Um, and Sorry, my dogs are again playing. I promise I'm not growling at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it. So um, <clears throat> when I switched coaches, my programming changed. Um, it got a little bit better. I wasn't clarking as much. Um, and then after I got hurt, so I couldn't, after university, yeah, university nationals, 2018, I bombed off of an injury to my hip. Um, and I almost couldn't walk off the stage. Uh, I had to get carried over to medical. Um, I was walking with like a super altered gait. I thought I tore my labrum in my hip. Um, I did not. Um, I did my own rehab. I think I just ended up tearing my sartorius. Um, this is like an abductor, I think. So it was still, it was still bad. <laughs> it was not. Yes. So I couldn't walk. Um, and that kind of got in my head. Um, uh, do I need to do this? Do I not? Um, so I wanted to quit then after the injury and I took a step back and I started programming for myself, um, I cut ties with my old coach for still friends, but I was like, look, this isn't working. Like, I don't know what I want. Like, I just, I just need to be me, you know? Um, so the rest of 2018, I programmed for myself. And as I was doing that, I was like, you know what? I can't get over this mental hump. So I had bombed, I'd hurt myself with a 105 clean. Um, and I didn't touch it all year until December. I put on 106, I clean and jerked it, and I boohoo cried. Um, because I'd been strong enough, my squat, I'd been squatting, I got myself healthy, and everything was great. I just, would get in my head, I would get nervous anytime I got around 105 because that's what hurt me. Um, I hit 106 and I was like, okay, I'm past this now. So I started doing my mental training then because if I wanted to get over that and keep pushing forwards, I needed to do that. So I read a book called A Champion's Mindset. Um, I literally just Googled like sports psych books and found the first one that was like $4 on Amazon. And I was like, cool. I don't like to read. I hate it. I know it's good for you. I just don't like it. Um, <laughs> I had to synthesize a lot of research <laughs> in college. And I'm like, nope, y'all ruined me for life. Um, so I read this book 
because I would get, my mental blocks were always, I wanted nothing more than to make this lift. And as soon as I pulled it from the ground, it felt like I would freeze or black out. Like I was not in control of my body. And it was so frustrating because you want to be in charge of yourself. You want your body to listen to you and do what you know how to do. And it sucks when you know you're the reason you're not reaching your own potential. It has nothing to do with your strength. You're plenty strong enough, but you're telling, your mind is telling you you can't do that. And there is nothing more frustrating than that, of getting in your own way. Um, so I, I read that book, um, I want to say in January. Um, I hit my first 200 kilo total. Um, then so January 2019 I hit 112 I think for my first time and I think it was like 88 snatch I couldn't make 90 snatch in a competition to save my life ever until I made it an opener yeah the brain is strange so I again it was all mental training so I got over the clean and jerk hump but I hadn't beat my snatch so um I read the champion's mindset and I took notes on what I felt was very applicable to me and things that spoke to me. Um, so I have like a kind of a cliff notes version that I'll go back and read, especially leading up to competitions when I need, I travel with it and everything. Like when I need that reminder of that you are capable, you are strong enough, like your body is like, your mind is not what's lifting the bar. Your body is, you're doing a movement. You're not doing a weight. That's the biggest thing I tell myself. Um, because if I tell myself that there's 120 kilos on the bar and you have to clean it, it's like, oh God, 120, that's kind of heavy. Uh, you can only squat 128, like, uh, and you get in your head and instead of telling yourself, I'm just doing another clean. And so like the first time I had a breakthrough on my snatches, I snatched 95 last spring. Um, and I hadn't done it since. Again, I had an injury. So um, this past fall or spring, I don't know. Um, earlier this year, I snatched 95 again. And what I did is I played a mind trick on myself. So what I did is I loaded the bar with colors that didn't make sense at all. Um, I'm horrible at math and I always use the reds and then just add on to that. Um, because it's easy for my brain. So instead on this day that I told myself, you're breaking this mental barrier, we're going. Um, I put on like the blues and yellows and then I put on a bunch of Skittle weights. And I told myself, look, all you can see is the blues and the yellows. That's 85. That's not scary. 85 is easy. When really in reality, I'm, I'm snatching 95. I told myself it was 85. I nailed it. And I was like, okay, sweet. So I've collected little tricks and things that when I do get in a rut, because they happen, you're not always going to be on your top of your game and amazing. Like all of us are human. We're all going to step back and get in our way. Like extra stressors outside of life are going to happen. And your focal point in your brain is not always going to be on point. And so you need these little tricks to help you push forwards and remember who you are. Um, so in competition, I have like nervous tics. So I'll, um, my thing is, is I've got to bring my heart rate down on snatches. Um, I can't listen to metal music. My husband loves it. 
Um, it, it's not that I hate the music. It's that it makes me breathe heavier. And I like, I get too amped. Um, and I, I can feel the physiological response. I know I'm in tune with my body. I know my heart rate is increased. And then you add the anxiousness and excitement of hitting a big lift. So I can't do that on snatches. So I will play calmer music or theatrical music to bring my heart rate down. I did this in CrossFit too. I just didn't think about it till later in weightlifting. <laughs> um, so I'll listen to calmer music to bring my heart rate down. And then I step up to the platform. And when I have performance anxiety or I'm feeling it, I'll acknowledge it. So I'll take two deep breaths in and I will feel the anxiety in my arms. I will place it there. And then as I exhale, it leaves my body. I shake my arms and that's me shaking the anxiety off. It's gone. I've acknowledged you, you're gone. And then I tighten my wrist straps. I, can only, I can't do these new little Velcro ones. Can't do it because you can't twist them or you give yourself Indian burn. Um, <laughs> so I do my two little twists and then I go and I'm at peace. And that like clean and jerk is different, but snatch is where I get more in my head. Um, because I think I put more pressure on myself there because I know I'm good at it and I want, I want to be the best at it. And so I put more pressure on myself. So I have to figure out how to release that pressure so I can just go. Um, yeah, those are a few little tricks I do that I tried visualization. A lot of people suggest it. I, I haven't seen success with it. I don't know why it just, for me, I cannot, I can visualize it. I can see, it, I can smell it. I can see the whole venue. I can feel the lift. It just doesn't translate over to my weightlifting for me. Um, I found more success with the breath and the controlling the music and just finding my peace in lifting. And That's then also just telling myself it's 90 instead of a hundred or whatever. <laughs> That's interesting. The shaking it out. We used to have this thing, um, I was reading like mental books when I played baseball and one of the tips yeah. was to actually go to the, if you have a bat at bat, you would, I would go to the bathroom mm -hmm. and I would flush the toilet and it's like, you're flushing that bat at bat yeah. away. And then like once yeah. the toilet flushes, you're like, okay, that now That's whatever tough. happened is done. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great that you have those, those tips and competition that you can use. So I just have one final question for you. This is the better yes. than yesterday question. You can take this in weightlifting or just generally in life, but what's one piece of advice, something that you could write on a sticky note or note card, put on your mirror. That's going to help you become a little bit better today than you were yesterday. So I was super excited for this one because my gift to me was writing my post-it note on my arm. Um, so this is my reminder for all my goals going into trying to make these big teams that I know I can do. Um, and it's kind of our life motto in our house. Um, it says, have faith and belief. So for me, that means having faith that you're meant to be there and believing that you belong there. Because um, God wouldn't bring you to it if you weren't meant to be there. Um, our gym was opened on these concepts. My weightlifting career has in the last year, this has been my reminder of if you believe in yourself, if you just have faith that you're meant to be there, 
good things happen and our business has been more than successful. My career has in weightlifting has been nothing but successful. And I think if you, again, it's applicable in life and sorry, head cold. Um, and, and I promise it's not, yeah, not COVID. COVID. <laughs> uh, I promise. No. <laughs> just, just a heckle. Um, but it's applicable in life and in weightlifting. Just have faith in yourself and believe because if you believe in it, you're going to go so much further. If you're just going through the motions, like I was at the beginning of my career, you're only going to get so far. You tap into that true potential and you're in life and in yourself when you start believing in what you're doing. So that's, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. Well, where's, uh, where can people find your business and also your personal page so they can follow you? All right. So, um, my personal page is, um, just Instagram. It's at Danielle Gunnan, just my name, D A N I E L L E G U N N I N. And then, um, our club. So our weightlifting club is Atlas weightlifting. And I believe our Instagram is at Atlas weightlifting club. That's it. Um, plain and simple. If not, it's in my bio. If you just want to click on it, if I just got that totally wrong. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I'll link it up. I can do that in the show notes so people can go find their club. Oh, if cool. they're local to you, where are you guys exactly located in Georgia? Um, so we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, so we are east of Atlanta and west of Athens. So like, if you're looking at a map, we're right in between the two. So when people come visit and, um, December, if we're still on for AO finals and nationals, uh, we are going to offer training hall times. Y'all are welcome to come and swing by since there isn't a training hall. I say swing by, it's like a 58 minute drive. Cause like I said, we're in the country, but if we can help, we're happy to. So if you want to make the drive either way, there's traffic, you know, so at least come to the country. There's less people here. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's great. You guys are doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This was really fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And that's a wrap on this week's episode. Thanks again to Danielle for coming on the show. Make sure to follow her Instagram, Danielle underscore Gunnin. That's G-U-N-N-I-N on Instagram. That will be linked up in the show notes. And you can stay tuned to watch her lift at Nationals in December. I feel like a bunch of guests that I've had on will be at that competition. So I'll be sure to update you guys on how they're doing at nationals again if you enjoyed the podcast make sure to give it a five-star rating on itunes and leave a quick review both those things are super helpful to help me grow so thank you guys again for listening and i will talk to you guys on the next one